I'm so glad that you could join us. I'm Kathy. I'm one of the pastors at PBC. Look, there's only going to be one version of the message today. Um, sorry for any who have jumped on early and you're looking for the unedited bloopers reel. Not today. I hope. We'll see. Today we're commencing a four-week series called Centred. I don't know about you, but for me, the ramifications of COVID-19 has felt not unlike being pummeled in a large surf. For a while, it felt like I would just work out which way was up and get my feet on solid ground when another wave of change would knock me over again. I felt like I was scrambling to adjust, not only to change, but also to process my own emotions and then work out how we do church and the rest of life and adapting to technology and, you know, quite frankly, for some of us dinosaurs, that's a little hard. And then, of course, trying to absorb the news of so much sickness and suffering in our world. Each of us have been pummeled in different ways by this. And so we want to invite you into this series called Centred. I realised a couple of, week, couple of weeks into the COVID pummeling that the only way that I would find solid ground and a sense of shalom was just to keep centering myself in the Lord. This series is an invitation to centre ourselves in our unchanging God. And we're going to do this by looking at some of the names given to him in scripture. Our prayer is that as we fix our eyes on who God is, that we will be able to centre ourselves in him. And then that we would be able to be better placed, to be salt and light as we pray for our friends and as we genuinely share the centeredness that we've been able to find in God for ourselves. Would you pray with me? Lord God, we just want to commit these next few minutes to you as we look at your word. And Holy Spirit, we invite you to speak to us. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, there's something very united about being in a pandemic, as the whole world is pretty much experiencing the same thing, yeah? And because of this shared experience, thanks to the web, we're able to, to find humour in some of the experiences we're going through. Can I share with you my favourite coronavirus song? This is going to go for a couple of minutes, so, and I'm really sorry about the, the fuzziness of the picture, but it is fun. Sore throat, a cough in Wuhan, and in no time at all there were one, two, three, and one went on a plane to get overseas, 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 and that's how pandemics get started. You see, woe is me, woe is me. Now we've got COVID nineteen. Oh, let's see if I can make it easier. Do not fear, but please stay here. Stay at home now, everyone. We must wash and clean things well. Cars no long trips, just for fun. Don't let COVID virus spread. Isolate yourself at home. See your friends online instead. That's the healthy way to go. Oh, oh, oh. Do not fear, but please stay here. Stay at home now, everyone. We must.
We need humour in the midst of this. Across the globe right now, there's a sense of being united. And yet, weirdly, there's also a profound sense of isolation and aloneness as each person grapples with a unique bundle of stresses, either created by or made more difficult by the pandemic. As I've been in contact with people, I've heard stories of um, people battling the stress of loneliness and isolation. For others, it's the stress of an illness that is just where treatment's made more difficult in this season. Or it might be the stress of, of grief and, and not being able to see family members. For others, there's work stress, many having to, to adapt to working from home and, and trying to work out how technology will work as they do that. And um, for some, even trying to work out how you homeschool and then how you... you do your own work at the same time. And for others, it can just be the stress of living in each other's pockets all the time. Or for some, even the stress of losing your job or business that is in decline. And for some, the stress of exposure to the virus. Everyone has a unique bundle of stresses right now. And so although we're in this together, it can actually feel like we're alone. The name of God that we're looking at today in Hebrew is Elroy, which literally means the God who sees. He doesn't just see a global pandemic, he sees each individual and what they are going through. It was a young deserted mother-to-be called Hagar who first gave this name to God. You can read this part of Hagar's story in Genesis 16, but allow me to tell it to you. Hagar was an Egyptian servant who belonged to Abram and Sarah. Ten years earlier, Abram had been promised by God that he would have many descendants. He would be the father of a nation. But ten years on, and Abram and Sarah have been unable to conceive. And Sarah is growing more and more desperate. And so she knows God's promise of many descendants, and so she takes it upon herself to make it happen. In the absence of IVF, Sarah turned to what was then a socially acceptable practice, and she gave her servant Hagar to Abram to be a surrogate. But unlike surrogates today, Genesis 16 tells us that Abram didn't just impregnate Hagar, he took her to be his wife alongside Sarah. Guys, if you think having one wife is complex, this grew really tricky. Hagar conceived And in a culture that elevated the status of childbearing women above other women, conflict arose between the two. Hagar grew proud, despising Sarah. 
And you know when you have a raw area of insecurity and pain and, and someone makes fun of that particular thing, how it triggers a strong reaction? Well, that's what happened for Sarah. She went to Abram and she blamed him for Hagar's pregnancy. We know it had been Sarah's choice in the first place and and so Sarah's blaming in this instance was wrong. But Hagar was also in the wrong to be proud and, and to taunt Sarah. And then Abram joined them in being in the wrong by being neutral. You see, Abram didn't guide Sarah to see that actually this had been her idea in the first place. Nor did he discipline Hagar to, to, you know, say that, that this taunting was wrong or defend her in what she was experiencing. He just wiped his hands of Hagar, saying to Sarah, you just do with her whatever you want. And so Sarah abused Hagar to the point where Hagar had to flee for her own safety. Her birth family were in Egypt, and so she had no immediate place to go. And being pregnant and having left her husband, in that day, her family probably wouldn't have wanted anything to do with her anyway, nor would any other man for that matter. Hagar was totally alone. No income, no support, no future, no one who cared. She had fled to the desert totally alone. Can you imagine what Hagar must have been feeling at that point? No one understands. No one cares. No one even knows where I am. What will become of me and my child? I wonder if you've had a Hagar moment where you've felt just alone in what you're facing, thinking that no one really understands how hard things are for you. No one can see the stress that you're under. No one really knows those doubts and fears that grab you in the the deep of night. Or no one comprehends how dark or how lonely it is sometimes. Well, it was in that moment that Hagar came to realise that God did. We're told that an angel of the Lord, and most likely it was Yahweh himself, because he spoke of God for God in the first person. He found Hagar in the desert and he did the kindest thing. He let her in on the promise that he had previously made to Abram, that he would increase her descendants and they would be too numerous to count. And this was like the pinnacle of promises. Not only did she know that she and her child would survive, but that a whole nation would come through this son that she was carrying. As far as encouraging encouragement went, it didn't get any better than that. She doesn't seem overly bothered by the fact that um, she was told that she had to return to Abram and Sarah or that this child would live in hostility with his brothers. All that mattered was that she would have this child and he would be the father of many. Her joy was palpable. In his care for her, Yahweh instructed Hagar to name her child Ishmael, which literally meant God had seen her misery. This was such a profound encounter for Hagar. She was lifted from that place of feeling like no one saw and no one cared about her predicament to fully comprehending that God did. 
He had seen her misery. He had seen the injustice of how she'd been treated. He had seen her fear and loneliness. He had even seen her prior pride and arrogance towards Sarah. And yet he chose to be gracious and kind anyway. And so Hagar gave God the name Elroy, which literally means the God who sees. You know, this is the only place in scripture where a deity is named by a mortal. And yet Hagar accurately captured who God is. This concept of God seeing and caring for his people is reiterated again and again in scripture. Grace is going to read some of those passages for us. Psalm 33 says, The Lord looks down from heaven. He sees all humankind. From where he sits enthroned, he watches all the inhabitants of the earth, he who fashions the hearts of them all and observes all their deeds. Truly, the eye of the Lord is on those who fear him, on those who hope in his steadfast love to deliver their soul from death and to keep them alive in famine. Psalm 121 says, He will not let your foot slip. He who watches over you will not slumber. The Lord watches over you. The Lord is your shade at your right hand. The sun will not harm you by day, nor the moon by night. And 2 Chronicles 16 says, For the eyes of the Lord range throughout the earth to strengthen those whose hearts are fully committed to him. We are not anonymous to God. It's a bit like this. When we look at it, All we see is a beach, but God sees individual grains of sand. In a planet full of people in the midst of a pandemic, God sees you and I. In Matthew 10, Jesus says he even knows the number of hairs on our heads. God sees and knows every situation. Whatever your bundle of stresses are right now, he sees and cares. Jesus made it abundantly clear that we will face tough times. But he firmly promised that he will be with us always. When things feel tough, we can centre ourselves in God. You know, we don't have to describe everything that's going on because he's already seen and he knows how we're going in the midst of it and he cares more than we will imagine. That makes him incredibly safe to centre ourselves in. Before I finish, there's just one more thought that the Lord has put on my heart. And it came out of last week's Holy Week devotions that Trav and the team put together. And it's a story from Mark 14 where a woman anointed Jesus with expensive perfume in the midst of a group who disapproved of her actions and misunderstood her devotion to Jesus. They were thinking to themselves, this is such a financial waste. She was a victim of misunderstanding. But the beautiful thing that we see in this story is that Jesus sees her heart When the disapproval and criticism of others made her feel small, Jesus lifted her up and spoke in her defense. I sense that the Lord wants to speak to any who might be feeling like you're being misunderstood right now. The Lord sees your situation, but he also sees your heart and your good intentions. He knows 
and you can shelter in him. For all of us, as we draw near to God and pray this week, be encouraged that you are praying to El Roy, the God who sees. You can centre in him, knowing that he sees your heart and your circumstances and he cares deeply. And as you are salt and light to others, remember this aspect of God's character and encourage them that there is a God who sees and knows what they are going through too. Would you pray with me? Lord, I want to thank you for the stable and the safe place that you are. Lord, we thank you that you see and you care. And Lord God, I want to pray that each of us would be able to find a deep and profound peace as we centre ourselves in you, knowing that you know all about what is happening for us right now. Lord God, I just pray that this week we would just find that, that true sense of peace in you. And Lord God, I want to pray that you would use us to bring that sense of peace that know that comes from knowing that you see. Lord, I pray that we'd be able to bring that to others who you bring across our path as well. In Jesus' name, amen. I just want to encourage you that um, now um, or through today sometime, just find some place to be alone and do that centering exercise. Just go before God, knowing that he knows all that is going on for you right now and just being able to sit with him in the quietness, listening to what he would speak over you knowing that he knows, knowing that he understands, knowing that he cares and that he wants to speak into your situation to lift you up and to encourage you.